I could brave the cold and show up. <laughs> uh, it's good to see Tina. That's to say, I want you back here. <laughs> Amen. I love to speak on, uh, I guess, speak, preach, whatever you, we call it, on healing. I've enjoyed talking about healing. Enjoyed the testimony tonight. And uh, God's faithful to his word. And we just don't preach. Pastor, can you help me take care of this? I don't want two big Bibles here. <laughs> Thank you. Because God confirms his word. He watches over his word and he confirms his word with signs following. Many times Christians believe that they believe in healing. But what they are actually saying is our church believes in healing. Uh, But personally, they have very little understanding of the subject. And one thing we must know is that Satan understands and knows what's going on. And where you've been, there are assignments. Read Isaiah 54. They shall surely gather, but God said I didn't send them. So sometimes the enemy, devil, the devil, they have meetings. And your name is the first thing in the agenda. <laughs> How they're going to deal with your situation. It's true. They do that. And they attend meetings. Many of us don't realize God Holds meetings. Have you read in Job? And the devil came to that meeting also. And God was questioning him about the people on the earth. That's not just gone. It's still going on. And God said, have you seen Job? Say, yeah, I know the guy. The same thing too. He's, he, they're watching, looking, finding, looking for opportunities. But we don't have to worry. You know why? We've got the word of God. There's no need to be afraid of anything because we have the Spirit of God at work and it's always there for us. So I enjoy uh, preaching on healing because God confirms His Word with signs following. If you preach it, there will be faith in the heart of the people and the people will be healed. Sometimes it's easier to preach to people that have not heard anything about healing. Nobody's told them that God, in those days when God was young and very powerful, because he was the ancient of days, but now all of that is gone. And God is giving everything to the devil, and the devil alone is the only one that can do stuff. People have that kind of thinking. But God is still the same God, and he's still healing people just like he did in Bible days. In fact, Jesus told us, that he has to go to the Father, so the Holy Spirit will come. And he says, these signs will follow those who believe in me. And so we can do that. If you believe in me, he said, you will do greater signs than what Jesus did. So tonight I want to go into some of the reasons why that I hear from Christians. Why they believe God's no longer healing today or why they are not receiving their healing. I want to go into some of these things and just make you think. Basically, I want to disabuse your mind of some of the things that we hear naturally and what we hear from sometimes other Christians and sometimes from preachers. And sometimes real good preachers that are known all over the world. 
just because he's known all over the world doesn't mean he understands the truth about healing. He may understand some truth about some other area, but that doesn't mean he has the truth on healing. You search the scriptures yourself. You don't have to just take my word. Read the scriptures yourself and make a decision based on what you see in the scriptures. I don't like to listen to people's opinions. Well, this is what I think. I don't want what you think. I want what he thinks. That's what is important. Because that's what's going to last forever. Father God, I just ask that you speak to us tonight and help us in the scriptures so that we can stay healthy doing your work. And Satan will have no power to put us on our back so that we are unable to do what you've called us to do, good works. So speak to our hearts tonight by the power of your Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, and God's people said, Amen. I want to speak on things that hinder us from being healed, that hinder people from being healed. Uh, The first one which we discussed last week is the affliction of the righteous. The affliction of the righteous. You hear this uh, quote from Christians, and mature Christians sometimes, saying, many are the afflictions of the righteous. But they don't tell you that the last part of the scripture says, but God delivers him from all of them. So if afflictions means healing, that means many are the sicknesses of the righteous. In other words, God enjoys making the righteous sick. But he also will heal them. Amen? I don't know what he'll be trying to prove. I make you sick and I make you well. <laughs> so that doesn't work. The afflictions is not, they are, are really talking about the things that we go through as believers. Satan coming against you because you are a believer. It's so obvious. Once you become a Christian, expect it. You're truly saved, you're going to have some trouble. And sometimes the troubles can come from very close. For me personally, after I became saved, it wasn't too long before everybody in town believed I'd lost my mind. That is true. They started saying all kinds of crazy stuff. Some of the rumors, I couldn't stop. I said, sometimes I got, I got mad for hearing what they were saying in this small town. But everybody knew what was going on. And there, was room, there were rumors all about me. And I hear it from my family. My mother said, everyone in town saying you're crazy. And, I mean, they were all fighting me. My brothers, one time, one of my brothers, he was saying, I'm going to give this to you. You know, just because I was going to church and I said to God, this is really rough, this Christianity stuff. I mean, in fact, <laughs> can I make a confession? One night, one of, one of the littlest one, real skinny guy among my brothers, he was threatening to beat me up. He, couldn't nev- he could never say a thing like that to me before then. But this, this evening, they were after me for taking uh, the mo- their motorbikes to church. But we owned the motorbike together. They could ride, but if I take it to church, they got mad. And this night, he was so mad. And he was saying, I'm going to, I'm going to do this to you. And I said, he never said that to me before because he knew what was coming to him. And I told God in my heart, please give me this 
Just let me chill a little bit. Just give me five minutes with this guy. I was really serious this night. I looked at him. I told him, if you but just a little bit, you will be sorry. (laughs) He looked at me and he said, we've all said you're crazy. (laughs) And that made me real. I felt really bad. So I went and repented for feeling that way. But you suffer once you become a, a believer. But it's not talking about the affliction that we talk about, which is sickness and disease. Second thing is correction from the Lord. Correction from the Lord. Many believe the chastening of the Lord is sickness that God uses to teach us a lesson. And some pastors believe that. They say to you that God is just demonstrating his love for you by making you sick. He's trying to teach you a lesson. Let me show you the scripture here. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 6 and 7. It says, For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. So the pastor says, Don't worry about this sickness. God is just demonstrating his love for you. Because if God truly loves you, he is going to chasten you. And this is one of the ways he uses to scourge his children that he receives. But the funny thing about that is while the pastor is telling the individual and comforting them with this great scripture, meanwhile they are telling the individual of the best doctor in town that they they know of that they want this individual to go to to remove the chastening of the Lord that is for correction. Why, if it's the chastening of the Lord for correction, why do you want a doctor to take that out? You won't learn the lesson, right? If God puts the sickness on you to teach you a lesson, and if you believe that, don't go to the hospital. Stay at home till you learn the lesson. And woe to that pastor that will circumvent God's will to teach you a lesson by showing you the best doctor in town to remove his affliction on your life. He's chastening on you to, to correct you because he's receiving you through his love. This is the way he demonstrates his love to you. Everyone that the Lord loves is chastened. So you don't need to go to a doctor. Stay there. If God, put, if God is chastening you, after you learn the lesson, if that sickness, shouldn't you learn the lesson? And after he's through with you learning the lesson, he sh- is able to take the sickness off your body, right? So there's no need to go to the doctor. Stay home. Till you learn the lesson. If the sickness is staying on you for a real long time, it's taking you a real long time to learn the lesson. Right? But that's what you hear from believers. It says, God, if God is chastening you, if he's making you sick, he deals with you as with sons. Would you do that to your son? 
Is that the way you deal with your son as your real son? These are some of, some, some of us that are educated in this and we know the truth. Think this is silly. I've heard this thing. I've heard Christians say things like this. Maybe you haven't. And maybe you, don't, you haven't heard it, but you think that way. And people say, they'll give you testimonies in church. I used to do this and I used to go there. I never mind God, but when I got sick, then. Have you heard testimonies like that? God was close. It wasn't that. You were hurting that, and then you needed God and you cried for him. Draw near to God and what? God would draw near to you. That's what happened. He didn't put the sickness on you. God will not chasten somebody with something that he put on his son. Jesus died for our sickness. The Bible tells us that. By his stripes, we were healed. That was a serious sacrifice. That was a lot of beating that the Son of God took so that you won't have to go through it. And then God takes the same thing that he put on his son and he puts it on you to teach you a lesson. Does it make sense? I've been sick before. I learned no lesson. All I had was pain and the doctor taking my money. That's all. So God does not do that. Another thing, the third thing is the ministry of suffering. I know. (laughs) For old Pentecostals, we know what that is. I'm just suffering for the Lord. No, the truth is you are on your back and you are not able to go to church. You are not able to do good. Everybody is afraid. Everyone is in your home. Your wife can't go to church because you are so sick. If they don't hear you, they think the time has come. The big one has come. He's going. Everybody's worried. How can that be God? What lesson do you learn from that? And there are scriptures that seem to teach us things like that, but that's because those scriptures are misunderstood. Let me read one scripture here. First Peter chapter 5, verse 10. He says, But may the God of all grace, who called also his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. So, the believer believes they are suffering, but the suffering Jesus was talking about is suffering of persecution, which Paul went through. If you are, let me tell you this, if you are a truly active person in the faith, People will say things about you. And some people will really hate you because of your faith. And sometimes they take things away from you or try to deprive you of promotion. Or to hurt you in one way or the other just because of your faith. That's what the Bible is talking about. And that's what the people were, were going through in the days of Peter. Remember Nero, the Roman emperor? And all the troubles he was giving to the church. That's what he was talking about. Not sickness. But I've heard God talking about this. this is sick, that sickness is part of this. But I cannot see how through sickness you can be established. If you're sick, you don't get stronger. You get weak. But yet, I don't, I don't see how sickness can perfect anyone. 
Instead, what you have with lasting sickness is fear. So this has nothing to do with sickness at all. These are all lies from the devil to allow or to make us be willing to accept sickness and disease because, well, brother so-and-so who is really holy, he's going through the same thing. I don't care what anybody else is going through. I've got to stay with the word of God and what God says. That's the truth. Be it unto you according to your faith, according to your belief. You have to stay with the word of God. So this cannot be from God. Sickness cannot perfect anyone. God cannot use sickness to perfect you. He uses his word, the power of the Holy Spirit to perfect us. The suffering is a side issue. And he establishes us and uh, uh, strengthens us and settles us through the scriptures. The greatest of this, in my mind, is fear. That's number four. Fear. This is the, the greatest trouble. Let me let you know this. Fear is a spirit. Fear is really a spirit. Faith is also a spirit. The Bible tells us, and you can read in, in Romans chapter 8, beginning from verse 14, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For God has not given us the spirit of bondage again to fear. So fear is the spirit of bondage. Once you fear, you have opened the door for bondage. Once you lean towards fear, that thing will destroy you. Fear leads to bondage. Fear comes from the spirit of death. Fear will kill. That's why every time Jesus has somebody come to him and they, they are coming to him for healing, and there's a really bad situation, the first word you hear from his mouth is, don't be afraid. And then the next word, only believe faith. Come from the side of fear, go to the side of faith. Because once you fear, you've opened the door. And God tells us, I believe in Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, He says there, God did not give, give us the spirit of fear. So fear is a spirit. And the spirit, that spirit is not the spirit of God. That spirit is coming from the enemy. And so that's the open door for the enemy to come into your life. And doctors sometimes, they don't know that they're doing it. When they stand before you because they think they know, the doctor doesn't have the last word. But sometimes I've seen, in my mind, I've seen arrogant doctors. You just put your head down. He thinks he knows it all. But that's, that's what he was taught. He knows all fleshly things. But when they speak to you, they speak with so much confidence. And they sometimes tell you, we think he only has two weeks to live. And the Christian goes, oh, oh. you're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to trust the word of God. God says very clearly there, because you love me, the number of your days he will fulfill. That, that's what it says. 
He says he will lengthen the number of your days on the earth. So sickness cannot be the determining factor as to when I exit the earth. It shouldn't be. We think that that because we are in the natural, we are in the natural, just being natural human beings, we are natural. No, you're not. If you have the Spirit of God living inside of you, there is a part of you that is supernatural. That's the truth. Jesus lives in you. Jesus is the Lord of the universe. He's supernatural. If he says he's there with you constantly, part of your life after you've been born again is supernatural. That's the truth. There is a part of you that is supernatural. But uh, Paul was very clear in Romans chapter 8. If you live after the flesh, what did he say? You die. That's what it says. Read Romans chapter 8. And most of the time we're living in the natural world, we're not living by faith. Faith deals with the spiritual realm. That's the way you contact God. Fear also deals with the spiritual realm. When you deal in fear, you are contacting the dark world of the spirit realm. When you deal with faith, you are dealing with, you contacted the light world of the supernatural realm. So we have to really understand, when things hit me, the first thing I know to battle with is fear. Is the number one thing. If you're fired from your job, the first thing is fear. Because Satan begins to minister to you. A lot of words coming through your head. And he reminds you how large your bills are. And tells you, how are you going to pay this now? And while you're thinking on that, you're not thinking God. And the more you think on that, the, the farther away God is in your thinking. We're not thinking that there's going to be a miracle. So fear is a very critical thing for believers. I will encourage every one of us, no matter what's happening to you, the first, the first devil to defeat is fear. Once you conquer that fear, you are on your way to victory. If God be for us, who can be against us? That's what the Bible says. Not even fear can be against us. So I don't have to fear about tomorrow. God's going to take care of me. I just have to make sure my relationship with God is in the right place. If you fear, you open the door for the enemy. And that's what happened. It's, it's so, if you look at the body of Christ, that's why I, don't comp- I, don't comp- I hate comparison. Because if you're a pastor, you have a pastor of maybe 100, 200 church, and you believe in healing. Now you have another pastor who has a 1,000-member church, and then he's sick and he's dying. Guess what the devil tells you? He has a 1,000-member church, and he believes in healing. You got just two, whatever, 100, and you think you're free from that? You understand what I'm saying? So, if it didn't happen to this person, now, don't even expect, if, or if it's happening to this person, don't even expect that you can be free from it because he's bigger. I don't believe that. It's every man according to his faith. I don't know that man really well. Amen? I don't know him. I don't know his devotions with God. I don't know anything. I can't condemn him. I just don't know anything about him. But he is not Jesus. And he is not the scripture. 
I'm not going to say because it didn't happen to brother so-and-so who is so holy and a very righteous man. If it didn't happen to him, then God may not really mean what he says. He is not Jesus. I'm not going with that. It's just the truth. You got sometimes the Bible is clear from the days of John the Baptist until now. This is not a, re- uh, a question of pride. I just depend on God's word, and that's all I know. That's all I know. I can't depend on anything else. There are no solid grounds on this earth except the word of God. That's the only place to go. Once I'm there, I'm okay. If I sink, let me sink on the word. Amen. Let me sink on that word. I'm ready to sink on the word. You can't even make me your example. I am not the word. If you respect me, thank you very much. But I am not the word. You can't use my life for your example. This is our example. You see, but when we deviate from this, that's when we fear. When we hear all these things, then we fear. And we open the door from the enemy to attack us. You can see Pastor Goodluck is going through that. So he talks a lot about healing. <laughs> Who am I to fight? Well, you got it wrong. Pastor Goodluck is not the Bible. <laughs> it's just the truth. Stay with the scriptures. When you stay with the scriptures, you honor God, not man. Sometimes God may allow things to see whether you, you move your eyes away from him. He may allow it. He may allow things to happen to this man to see what you will do. Because if you do it, then it says you made him your idol. I'm not your God. I don't want to do that. That's what happened with Aura Roberts. You know about Aura Roberts? Aura Roberts said that himself. God told him, I don't want you to lay your hands on another person. Stop it. Because now they think your right hand is God. And finally, God told him, and I heard it before, and I heard it from Aura Roberts' mouth. God told him, leave the Pentecostal realm because they are not thinking straight anymore. They just, they are all into the emotions. He said, I want you to join the Methodist church. That's why I respect the man. He came out and said, I'm joining the Methodist church. Everybody said, Pentecostal man joining the Methodist church. He did it. He's very obedient. Talk to Kenneth Copeland. He says, that man doesn't play when it comes to God's word. He was very serious. The world judged him for what he was doing, but the insiders knew what was happening. The world was thinking, the man is crazy. The man, he can't be a man of God. Those who were close knew he was following God's direction. The day God told him not to lay his hands on the next sick person, he was crying and he was weeping so strongly, nobody knew what. And at the same time, they brought his sick child, please, weak, you know, crippled. And they knew if he laid his hand, he said, ma'am, I can't. I'm crying. He was crying. And then a word of prophecy to comfort him. Nobody knew what was going, but the prophecy brought comfort to him. These are things I've read about. You don't depend on anybody. You don't know what's going on there. Stay with the word. Stay with the word. It's the best way to go. That's where you get your confidence. That's why, for me, no, I, I honor the men of God that God's using. But they, they are not the, uh, they are examples for me. But if something goes wrong, that's not where my, that's not my solid ground. This is it. You stay with the word. But God said his word will not return to him void. That's where to, to rest. 
stay with God's word. So fear is a, is a big, big entrance for the enemy. Just like God responds to faith, that's the way the devil responds to sickness. I, I mean to, to fear. Understand this. People don't believe that Satan can make people sick. Guess who made Job sick? The devil made Job sick. And let me say this also. Many times we read the scriptures, but we are not thinking, you know, on what's going on. Job had wars. But who made Job sick? The devil. God said to the devil, look, and I go. You can make him sick. So the devil left. But I can guarantee you, if you put, you know, put a needle in one of his wars, and you draw the sap out of it and put it under a microscope, guess what you see? Microbes. Right? You probably see bacteria and everything. And the doctor will say, you see, we just proved to you it wasn't the devil. It was those birds in the air. That's what our mind was happening to us. The devil can make people sick. And C.L. Osborne, and I agree with some of them, they believe cancer is of the devil. Uh, Smith Wigglesworth is not going to even discuss that with you. And I worked with cancer before when I was at the medical center. Cancer cells, they are not normal cells. They are abnormal cells. Nobody knows where they came from. They don't act like body cells, but they are in the body, destroying the body. If it's coming from death, I mean, if it's going to cause death, that's not from God. The spirit gives life, right? The devil gives death. So, because I know it's coming from the devil, we can have, handle a demon, can't we? Amen. So you just go after the devil. This is what Job said. For the thing I greatly feared. That's uh, Job chapter 3, verse 25. For the thing I greatly feared has come upon me. Can we say that together? The thing I greatly fear has come upon me. That's after he got sick. What are the things that you are greatly afraid of? That's the principle there. Are you afraid that you're not going to have a child? Guess what the enemy gives to you? Some people are afraid. Even before they get married, they're wondering, am I going to be able to have a child? Guess what happens when they get married? Struggling in that area. They open the door for it. They are worried about their retirement. Guess what happens? It's what you fear that comes to you. That's why Jesus says, don't be afraid. Only believe. All things are possible to them that believe. To the one who believes. So the things I greatly feared has come upon me, and what I dreaded has happened to me. Was Job a man of God? Certainly was a man of God. But when you dread something, you are not pushing it away from yourself. You are attracting it. You are actually inviting it. Because fear is a spirit. And so when the doctors tell you, that's it. You know, this thing you know, is, is good when you when you walk you walk in this area. I remember one time when I was in Georgia, there was a, a man that I met in the hospital, 
And I can't forget his words. Because he was dying, and it seemed like he eventually died. And uh, he told me he had been walking around, nothing. I was healthy, strong, just going. And he gave me, I don't know how many months, but he's been having, having a little bit of pain somewhere. But he ignored it and was going for I don't know how long. But then he went to the hospital, and then he was told he had cancer. Maybe two weeks later, he was almost like dying. Just because he heard it. Just because he heard it from the doctor. He feared. And now he was in the bed almost like an invalid. Because the doctor told him this. But I couldn't forget it because he told me, I can't believe, I don't understand this. I was just over six months or a year. I've been having this pain. And I, it was no big deal. But once he heard those words, because cancer for us means what? Death. Or unless something happens, we shouldn't be afraid of it. Does it mean it may not come to us? Well, that doesn't mean cancer has the last word. You cannot live cancer with Jesus. Amen. <laughs> he can take, take care of your body. But here is the main thing. Does it, do I have enough time? I got to go through this. Let's go with Paul's son. How many have heard about Paul's son? son? So, well, how can you say, brother, that you can... Even Paul was sick. He had thorns, you know, in his flesh. And some people believe that Paul's son was sickness. And he prayed three times. That's connecting with suffering, connecting with many other afflictions of the righteous. He prayed three times, but God said no. And this is the scripture they use, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, 7 through 10. And I'm going to read it. It says, Unless I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelation, revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me. So God gave Paul a thorn in the flesh. It was given to me a messenger of Satan to buffet me. Lest I, I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times. Concerning this thorn in the flesh, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, that's Paul speaking now. Therefore, most gladly... I will rather boast in my, in my infirmities, which means sicknesses. I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses. For Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then I am strong. And so when, when Christians are ministers, Christians read this and say, well, Paul had all of these problems and these sicknesses, these infirmities. So we, that's, I'm sick, just suffering for the Lord. The first question, is it because of the abundance of revelation that you are sick? If infirmities mean sickness, if you are having false son, 
That's what you believe you have, that your sickness is Paul's son, and you are equating it to Paul's son. Is it because you have received abundance of revelations from God that you have a son that's been given to you? Is that why you're sick? Because the only reason Paul had his was abundance of revelation. He said, I was in the third heaven. Have you been there? And if you don't fall into that, if you don't meet that uh, requirement, you have no right to be sick like Paul. Another thing is, when Paul was given this son in the flesh, did he go to the doctor to take the son off? He knew where it came from, right? And he went to the source of where he got his son. So why don't the sick go to God instead of to, to the doctor when God is giving them the son in their flesh? So if you believe that that's coming from God, don't go to the doctor to remove it. Let God take it out. Number three, question. If that son from the, that Paul received was from God, because God said to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you, right? In other words, I want you to still stay sick because my grace is sufficient for you. Can we tolerate God's grace being sufficient for Paul so that Paul can keep on sinning? Because Jesus died for, took Paul's sickness as well as his sins, right? On his own body. We won't accept the fact that God will say to Paul that keep sinning for my grace is sufficient for you. But when it comes to sickness, we're deceived to think that God will say that to a person. I'll let you, I'll make you sick because you have received abundance of revelation. That was not what Paul was talking about. Number four, why don't the sick take pleasure in their sicknesses? Paul said, I take pleasure in my infirmities, right? Well, you take pleasure in your sicknesses. Come to church and give testimony. Pastor, I'm glad I'm sick. We all think you're crazy. But that's what you hear. And let's, this is the last one here. Because Paul said, for when I am weak, then I am strong. If weakness means sickness, then can't we just be true that being made strong means he's healed, right? So if when I am weak, then I am strong is true. Once when I am sick, then I am healed be true as well. That should be the case. So these are some of the things we have to think through when you hear some of these crazy things that people, you know, throw at us. And I think it's Satan's ploy to help to make us believe that because we are human like everybody else, we can be sickly. I think the day before yesterday, I was telling Irina, I hardly slept. 
I was coughing all night long. In fact, my wife kicked me from the room <laughs> because she couldn't sleep. So I coughed all along, you know, phone come in. I didn't know what. I got home. I was here at work. Got home. I was fine. I ate something and everything changed. And I was coughing and coughing and coughing. And Angela said, I'm not going to be able to sleep. Go to the other room. <laughs> so I left for my, the other room. But I basically realized <laughs> the ladies are laughing. The guys are not laughing. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> and she was sorry. She says, I feel bad that I have to kick you out of the room. I said, that was fine because I couldn't sleep as well. Michael will tell you I wasn't here for prayer in the morning. Because of that, it was all night long. But by morning, I came to work and it was all gone. Uh, you couldn't hear me coughing at all. Angela called, are you okay? I said, I'm fine. I told her, leave me alone. <laughs> this battle is between me and whatever is trying to, to come in, into my life. But the point I'm making is these temptations will come. Amen? Just as you are tempted to sin, Satan will tempt you to accept sickness. But the Bible says from the days of, the principle is the same. That's what I'm trying to get you to understand. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffers violence. And the violent ones, they take it by force. Many times when we are sick, guess what we want to do? We just want to lay back down. And the enemy likes it. Have you noticed if you are having a headache, it seems to get worse at night? Is it just me? Or it seems to get worse at night. Sickness, fever at night, it seems to get worse. For me, it seems that way. Because you're lame. The enemy likes to have us in vulnerable situations so he can attack. But you can always fight with truth. Let me close with this because I don't want to come back to this message. Um, Paul's son had nothing to do with sickness. And the reason why God, I believe, God told Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. God had already said through Ananias. He said, I want to show him, Paul, those things he will suffer for my name's sake. That's in Acts of the Apostles. Paul, you, some people believe he was sick, but let me explain something to you. Paul really had infirmities on himself. I'm not saying he wasn't sick. But let me explain something to you. And I had to think through this because people threw these things at me years ago. Do you remember how often Paul was stoned? Do you remember how often he was stoned and beaten? Think about it. He was stoned so in one particular occasion. He was like dead. I mean, the stones are hitting him from every angle. Paul was a man just like us. Think about it. If you got hit by a motorcycle, where would I visit with you afterwards? In the hospital, right? You were well before you were hit by the motorcycle, right? But in the hospital, you wouldn't be well. That's what Paul was going through, beaten several times. Swollen face because they'd been throwing stone, rocks and beating him with their hands. And so he, when he came in, people understood he was suffering for the gospel. And he was still traveling. 
from place to place. Jesus couldn't go back on his word. He had already told him, Stephen died, you're going you're gonna to go, you're gonna go through this for me. This is what I, com- I said it was to do for you. So Paul had to endure it. And he, he knew what the, his mission was, and he followed it. He said, yeah, I'm willing to die for this cause. So he said, I, I rejoice, because even with that, I still feel strong. When I stand to preach, I feel the energy come. And God's doing miracles through me. Everywhere I go, he's writing. He welcomed it, because he had been told before, you are going to suffer many things in my name. He knew that. So Paul said, I rejoice in those things. I'm not even worthy to be called an apostle, he said. This is just a privilege for me. So he accepted this, his pain. But I believe that when he came to the Ephesian church, or some of those churches, Galatian church, with swollen face, his eyes probably shut because of the rocks, and they still welcomed him as an angel. And when he mentions that, believers, uh, theologians want to tell us where he was blind. There was nothing of that sort. Most sick, sick preachers stay home on Sunday. Drinking soup and stuff. Right? That's the truth. This guy wasn't sick. And he wasn't riding on a cadl- in a Cadillac going from city to city. He walked. Sick people don't do that. I, I'm going into this, so I want to disabuse your mind of some of these things that people think. People speak of. But let me tell you what they say. Paul drew, now close with this, drew from the Old Testament because he was an Old Testament scholar. He drew from the Old Testament a phrase to describe his situation. And I want to show you that. Numbers chapter 33, verse 55. God was speaking to the Israelites. He said, but if you do not drive out the inhabitants, Notice Paul said, a messenger of Satan, that's a being, an angel of, the, of Satan, to deal blows, to buffet me, that's to give blow after blow, that's what it came to do. He told you what it was and what he came to do. Blow after blow, buffet. Sickness don't deal blow after blow. Okay? It says, but if you do not drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you, then it shall be that... Those whom you let remain shall be in, uh, irritants in your eyes and turn in your side, and they shall harass you in the land where you dwell. And that's what Paul drew from to talk about what he was going through. And there's another scripture too in Joshua. I believe Joshua chapter 2, he says the same thing. Where Joshua, got, before they entered the land, God was warning them, if you don't drive them, they are going to be thrown in your flesh. And so Paul used something from the Old Testament to describe what he was going through, and preachers will twist that and say he was sick. We don't want to accept that. Amen? Because the truth is there in the Scriptures. Paul knew the Old Testament very well. He was a good Old Testament scholar. Stand up with me tonight. This is just Bible study. That's what we're doing tonight. To educate ourselves, because the Bible says, and you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Because until you know the truth, it's really hard to resist what the enemy is throwing at you. Resist sickness. Believe me, that's why I'm preaching this. I don't care how it came to you. Don't matter how long it's been in your life. Resist it. 
tell yourself that sickness doesn't, doesn't even have the power to destroy you. Because the greater one lives in you. Greater is he that is in you than he who is in the world. Are you going to be tempted to be sick? Obviously you will. Will the doctor tell you you have a problem? Oh, yes. But God, can God keep you going? He can. He can keep you healthy. God wants you to stay healthy. That's just the truth. Reject sickness and disease. Don't even think about it. I'm going to a next message sometime very soon. Part of it has to do with the discipline of faith. There are things that you, should, you must never think. And there are things that you must never say. It must, they must never come out of your mouth. That's the discipline of faith. You got to discipline yourself in the realm of faith so that you can walk in faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. So if you're sick in the body tonight, tell that thing you are about to die. Yes, just tell it. Because there's a power in your tongue. God says life and death are in the power of the tongue. I have given you a mouth and the wisdom. Your enemy cannot fight against it. So tell that thing tonight. If you're sick in the body, no matter how long it's been in your life, whether it's genetic, it came from way back there, I don't care. Jesus died for it. And it shouldn't be part of your life. So speak to it tonight. Amen? Speak to that disease. It's true. Jesus died to take away your sickness and your sin. So we don't have to be sick. Thank you, Lord God, that we have been delivered from the power of darkness. And we have been translated into the kingdom of God's dear Son, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And in this kingdom, there is no sickness, no disease, nothing. Evil. Only that which is good. Lord, you came that we might have life and that we might have it more abundantly. Sickness has nothing to do with abundant life. So we reject sickness and disease tonight in Jesus' name. We call our bodies healed from sickness and disease. We are free, totally free. Just as you freed us from the power of sin, you have also freed us from the power of sickness and disease and from poverty because you took our poverty as well. We thank you, Lord God, for your grace and your mercy. We receive from your spirit tonight and we drink of your spirit tonight that we might be healthy going about doing good works in Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. God bless you.